Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 278. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much, man. Just uh, getting through. Uh, had a bout with my allergies, so kind of recouping a little. Um, fight the good fight. When the season changes, you know, I hate it because ski season's coming to an end and all, everything's blooming. It's messing my nose up. It's rough. Yeah, it will happen. And we get some, I don't know if it's sick or allergies or whatever. We got everyone in the house has something going on right now. It's yeah, making no one happy. <laughs> it is what it is. Do what you got to do, you know, do what you got to do. That's but right. we, uh, but we did that. We had a great interview earlier this week with our new pal, Ben, Benjamin Rule. He is a student at University of New Hampshire, graduate student. And he was a ski instructor at Gunstock Mountain. We actually helped him by him being on our podcast. It actually helps him for his class that he's taking in his graduate program. So we wanted to help him out. We had a good time talking to him. We'll get to that interview in the main topic. But thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And and also too, check out our buddy Tim at Ski Rex Media. Yeah. I joined his end of the season podcast this week. It was a pretty cool little round table. He had Alex, I don't know his last name, from Whaleback Mountain in New Hampshire. He had Lindsay Delorier from Bolton Valley and Wendy from the Ski Diva. So we had a little round table discussion talking about the season and things that happened and didn't happen. Nice. It was a fun time. About an hour and a half chat. Uh, good times were had by all. Some laughs were had, but it was good. And uh, so check him out at skirexmedia.com and check us out at skibumpodcast.com. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. Stitcher, I got to check out if they're still wonky. Uh, they have some yeah, issues. Check now. Go to our website and grab it there. Uh, but if you could, when you go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe, that would really help us out. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We're on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at Ski Bum Podcast. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to our sponsors, Teresia, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A dot com. They have premium cold weather solutions. Their mission is to create best in class apparel that can be worn in any cold temperature environment designed with thoughtful features and fit and always providing the optimum level of performance for whatever you are doing. They fully believe in the idea that good products can always be made better and strive to con constantly improve, refine, and optimize all facets of our products. Go to their website, terracia.com. Use the code TERRACEABUM, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A-B-U-M for 15% off. Thank you, Terracia. Paradise oh, Skis, paradiseskis.com. They make seriously fun skis. Paradise Skis is all about making skiing as fun as possible, whether that's shredding laps in Hawaiian shirts, bringing the parking lot at prey, or getting up early to go for that huge backcountry objective. It is their mission to build skis and snowboards that allow their customers to enjoy every single day in the mountains. Go to their site, paradiseskis.com. Use the code SKIBOM15. All one word, 15% off. Boom. Thank you, Paradise. Mario, let's kick it off. What we always do. It's time for our prey today. I am checking out Stitcher and uh, it's not updating. I don't know what's going on with you, Stitcher. You got to step your game up. You're old news. You go to Amazon, you go to iTunes, you go to Spotify. It's all updated. Google. That's what I Radio, Google. 
Yeah. You go to the big monoliths. They got it all figured out. It's just these little upstart hippies at Stitcher not paying their bills. <laughs> hey, man, we're just getting some podcast up, man. I just got something from Apple to re-something, something, revalidate, re-whatever. So hopefully that worked. And I don't know why Apple sometimes shows our old logo. I have no idea why it's doing that. That's weird. Sometimes it does. Everyone else has got it figured out. Like Spotify and Amazon, they show like the image from the podcast because every every episode has a new cool image, as you yeah. can tell if you're listening to this. And for some reason... It doesn't get, make it, right? Last, It's funny. The one I did for last episode, The Winding Down, it's a picture of, uh, of Benjamin. I was filming him and he kind of got like super wonky and like almost fell, but he like <laughs> kept it together. So I figured that was like a good picture because you see a lot of the snow melting in the background and a lot of brown yeah. of earth showing. So it's a good picture. Yeah. I have good those. Down. photo. Yeah. Some of them I just some of them I rehashed. I gotta be honest, man. Like the when you were in Utah, like and I I, I published it out and cause you were in Ogden, because I used I don't know if you remember. Do you remember back at your old place when I had you like posing? Like you were like by the elevator, like like with the ski. Yep. Because it was like the London Calling, the Clash album cover. Yeah. I've used yeah. that like five times. I know. And it was Utah Calling, and I should have done Ogden Calling. It would have been better. It would have been funnier. Uh, that's all right. God damn it. I was like, after I posted, <laughs> I was like, that would have been better. Would have been but, better. And you, you don't repost. You just put it out there, and that's it. It's frozen in you time. You can't go back, baby. You can't go back. You can't do you it. Know? You can't redo. You can't go. You can't look back. You got to look forward always. That's, that's right. Don't live in the past. Exactly. <laughs> cool so are you living in the future with your app right today i'm living in the past actually this is, a, this is an old favorite this is a go-to uh so like i said i've been drinking a lot this week because I had a little allergy problem a little seasonal thing going so i figured so, let me have something that uh kind of just hits the spot and gets me you know nice and this is a true opry this is a nice refreshing had a nice little peroni peroni we need to have some sort of chart at the end of the year to see our app praise. Like it's like when we, Mario how much had we this many IPAs. He had Peroni four times. Like that would be kind of a nice little uh, infographic. Yeah. I don't know what, what it is with Peroni. I just like it. Um, I don't know when, when you find it on tap, it used to be rare to find it on tap. Now you find it everywhere. I think they switch distributors, but um, it's damn good. That's a solid beer. I think it's funny when you look back in time, you know, you watch movies or shows or whatever that are old. Did you ever watch Remo Williams, The Adventure yeah. Begins? That yeah. was on. I, I found some weird channel on, I think it was Saturday night, and that was on. I only watched the first like tw- half an hour of it. I was like, this is actually a pretty cool movie. <laughs> um, but I uh, I watched a little bit of that HBO series last night about the Lakers, like the 1980s, like the Showtime Lakers. Okay. It was pretty, like, I watched, again, like a half episode. I, I really liked it. <clears throat> One thing they were showing is the the owner of the team also opened a bar and you see like bars of like the seventies and early eighties. Oh yeah. And you see smoky and well, you just see like the drag, like the tap it's one, there's one, one, maybe two taps. You got bud. If you're fancy, you got a bud light or a Miller light or Coors or something. That was it, man. There's no, like, there's only a few, like it was one tap with a few handles on it and that's it. Like it wasn't, like this we have now. This ain't Ginger Man. This ain't Shepherd yeah, and Knucklehead. We got 80, 90 different beers, exotic craft beers from all over the country on draft, man. That was yeah. different times, brother. Now, think yeah. about it. That's we're like going to Europe. You go to Europe and they're like, you go to Germany, you go to a small town and you're like, what do you have? We have beer. We have 
<laughs> a, a regular and a dark. Oh, what kind are they? Our beer. <laughs> what sort of hops do you use? The fucking ones that we found in the back. Like, I, what do you cannot, want from me? Yeah. Do you have uh, something? Do you have an IPA? We have our beer. That's it. Like, we don't yeah. carry fucking eight beers. We carry like two. That's it. Do you have a Lambic, perhaps? No, we do not. Nothing yeah. of the sort. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. You want a Hellas? You can go to the next town because we didn't make that here. But the ones that you will have in that town are delicious. They're no delicious. matter what you get, because they've been making that beer the same way for 600 years, literally yeah. 600 years. Right. And then you start asking like, well, what kind of beer is this? And they tell you like, and you can't ever find it again. Like That's it's it. the fucking beer Magic. we're making for 600 years. Like what else do you want me to tell you? Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, we don't bottle it. We don't can it. We don't fly it in from somewhere. We don't have a beer list. Like <laughs> think about that. You get slapped. Do you have an updated tap list? Yeah. Do you have a tap list? Can I download yeah. it? No, no, this is, this is it. This is all we got. That's like you go to Oktoberfest and it's, it's, Oktoberfest beer, they have a, like a Hellas or a white and a Dunkel, and that's it. Like maybe two or three options, and that's it. You know, and delicious. No fucking 50 beers on tap, rotating, nothing. No experimental no. milkshake IPAs with yeah. mangoes, like none of that stuff. Granted, that's oh, yeah. my favorite kind of beer, but whatever. <laughs> I'm trashing myself here. Yeah. You you want a uh, a mixed drink? You can go to that that you know, tent over there that nobody wants to go to, you know, <laughs> the embarrassment tent. Embarrassed, that's right. It's a Kardashian special tent over there. Uh, little mojitos. You want to fuck a mojito? Go to, go to where they make mojitos. This is where we make beer. Go to Mojitoville. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that like Jimmy Buffett's rival? <laughs> mojito. Yeah. Hey, oh, that'd be great. Open up Mojitoville's <laughs> right next to Margaritaville's everywhere. Yeah. Like we're suing you for copyright. Why? It's a different drink. Go fuck yourself. A Ville? I mean, you're gonna sue you sue uh Morrisville and yeah. Louisville and all other Villes? Like you own Ville? You don't own Ville. That would be a good spite store right there. Oh, Mojitoville. I got Mojitoville. And then there's Daiquiri Daiquiri Land right next door to that. Well, that was like the one Simpsons when Bart is like him in the future and he was like singing, he's like, Wasted once more in Daiquiritaville. <laughs> they're like, rip off. Dacaritaville. Dacaritaville. I like that. Yeah. Just make all the Vils. Just all the Vils. Right next right next to Margarita Margaritaville. Mojitoville. Boom. Hey, I don't I've been to Margaritaville. I haven't been to Mojitoville. Let's go over there first. You haven't lived until you've been to Mojitoville. That's right. Do you have a volcano that spits out margaritas? No, we have a tower that that drips mojitos down a slide. Perfect. Yeah. Depending on your 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 preference, we have a woman with bosoms shooting out mojitos, or a, a man with <laughs> also providing mojitos. Oh, so that's true. Choose how you want it dispensed. There you go. Both statues are over eighteen. This isn't Disney World. We're not getting weird. That's, yeah, that's respect. That's by a Grown small ups. world. <laughs> well, I got my app right today. I'm going. Uh, I'm going a little balls out today. Guys, we had our interview. We were just putting a wrapper on this podcast. We're trying to like keep it light too. Watching the calories. Summer's coming up. Want to look nice. Want to be naked Bikini a lot. Season's coming shirtless up. a lot. You know, banana hammock calories. season. Banana hammock season, exactly. And I got a, a neighbor of mine. He's a big vodka soda guy. And nice. you know, we talk about the seltzers and stuff, which is great. And I don't know if you had Waterloo seltzer. Waterloo no. is like it's got to be like the best. Like, Don't they, I know isn't there sugar in that? I've had no, that before. No, no. 
Zero sugar, zero calories, zero sugar. Do they have fake sugar in it, though? Over and over again. What's that? Do they have fake sugar in it, though? No, it's got nothing. It's like, are you thinking about that Spindrift stuff? Yeah, I've had more Spindrift is like when it has like a tweak of flavor. Something has sucralose or some shit in it. This has got nothing. Nothing? Ingredients, purified, carbonated water, and natural flavors. Water is good. Yeah, that one's good. So I got a cherry limeade seltzer. Boom. And I got a handle. Mix the two together and drink. A handle of Kirkland vodka. It's awesome. Now, granted, there isn't much left in this handle, but this handle has been in existence in my house for four years. So Damn. it's got to go. But yeah, my uh, my neighbor, he, he got these, they uh, brought over the Waterloo blueberry seltzer. All right. Now, blueberry is a weird flavor. Like, I love blueberries. The actual berries, frozen, fresh, love them. Probably my favorite fruit. Blueberry flavored everything is weird because yeah. it's not it's it's not one of those. It's such a like mild flavor, you know. But there's like different types of the flavor. It's like watermelon. Watermelon's hard. It could taste like a Jolly Rancher. Tough to too. Yeah, or it could like, taste nasty. Like there's you can't everywhere in between. Strawberries are weird too when they fake it. You know, it yeah. just tastes so fake. Grape too. It's like yeah. you're not giving me real grape flavor because again, it's like a mild flavor. How do you replicate right. it? Somehow, Waterloo's blueberry is tremendous. Because as a kid, again, I love blueberries, and I finally convinced my mom to get blueberry cereal. Oh, that's a treat! And blueberry cereal is disgusting. Like it's <laughs> really, really gross. But it's cookies, and it keeps you up all night. Oh, well, that's the same family as Count Chocula, Count Chocula, yeah, and Frankenberry, and mm. both of those. I mean, I still think Count Chocula is probably the gold medal. Frankenberry, the silver. Yeah. Blueberry, there's no third place. Blueberry is like in like fifth. Like it's just it's just terrible. Like it's not See, good. instead of having like a dessert at the end of a nice meal, I'll actually go for a bowl of cereal. I'll do a count <laughs> chocula, maybe Captain Crunch. You know what's even yeah. better than that? Lucky charms. You throw it all in a blender with some ice cream. You throw yeah, caution to the wind at that point. Caution to the wind. <laughs> so, I yeah. love Lucky Charms and shit. They they keep making different type of marshmallows. It's like, yeah, we got unicorn marshmallows. We got you know Blue clover is like, okay, great. Why? Food coloring and marshmallow. It's the delicious. same stuff. Right? It's delicious. It's, yeah. It tastes better. Do you actually still buy Lucky Charms? Oh, yeah. They're selling like hotcakes still. Well, I have seen the scooter people of Florida, so I know they're selling like hotcakes down there. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> they're but blending it up kid, with ice cream. You know what it was as a kid? Uh, so again, I love blueberries. And whenever they showed cereal on the box in the commercial, it always showed blueberries like in the bowl with the milk you know yeah. you show the bowl and of course as a kid you don't know shit you're like dude it's got blueberries in it right and they're like I no eat it's that. Yeah. serving suggestion it's just these boring ass cheerios you're yeah like, fuck and as an adult you're like fuck that i'd some get the blueberries i'm not wasting my money on your stupid cereal i'm just gonna buy the blueberries yeah. i'm gonna win it's fiber that's, that's it I'm i don't want fiber fiber and blueberries just i want the blueberries just blueberries blueberries a little bit of five percent whole fat yogurt that's that's a meal right boom. there. That's a nice little treat for yourself. Yeah, a little, I get some keto granola, boom, throw it on top. You're living the dream. Dude, I get the 5% fire yogurt and I throw like a whole uh, pint of uh, raspberries when they're on sale. Just mix it up and eat that thing. Oh, it's good. The Cabot is even better than the... Than the, the uh, Cabot. Yeah. Of all the of all the yogurts, Cabot. Cabot is the king. Yeah, I usually have a fire guy. Cabot is the king. I've had them all. Fire, uh-huh. Chobani. 
Chobani, I bought Chobani milk just Stony this week. Brook, whatever. Yeah, Stony Brook Farms. Cabot is the key. Cabot. It's the huh. king. I'm telling you. I bought Chobani milk. It has like 20 grams of protein in a damn. serving. I'm like, damn. It's like ultra filtered, like the uh, Fair, Fair Life. That's the other one I buy. Oh, the Fair Life. It has like a ton of protein, less sugar. I'm like, but this has more. It actually tastes like a milkshake. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of protein in this. So. So speaking of like protein and stuff, now this is just some rando dude I follow. Like, like I met, I mentioned this before the, off the podcast that you know I've gotten a lot of stuff right in the last couple of years. Yeah, I find all these random like bro science guys, and I've kind of followed them last couple of years in terms of health stuff. Haven't steered me wrong. Nice. So this guy's saying, not if you're like in your late thirties and older, not taking twenty to thirty grams of collagen peptides and eighty milligrams type two collagen daily. Get on it. He's like, and this guy's a pain-free 50-year-old bodybuilder. Nice. Collagen peptides and type 2 collagen. So I got to get on that. Yeah, I was taking, I just, co- I was taking collagen for a while. Not got expensive. Bought, and now it's it, back. But you know what? <laughs> Imagine being healthy when you're in your 50s, 60s, and 70s, and you spend a few bucks back now. It, collagen, you don't produce it, you know? I'm on yeah. the bubble of starting it again. Melanie's taking it because uh, she actually has it in her tea at night. So I have tea every night. Nice like a proper English gentleman. Um, <laughs> but she puts it in her tea and it like dissolves in. It's pretty cool. I can't get some more tea. I want to get on TRT, man. That's going to happen in the next like two years. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to get super, I'm going to be like one of those like super jacked, like 50 year olds. They're going to be like, ew, like whatever, bro. You look gross with all those muscles. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Because you wish. Look at you, your dad bod. You fat piece of shit. Fat piece of shit. Jacked. Jacked. It's a jacked. That's the goal. I'm going to go to my grave jacked. That's right. Dying healthy. That's right. <laughs> well, on that note, let's go to ski news. Dying Jack. There's no, there's no sort of lead in with that. This is the yeah, opposite of dying jacked. This is living happy. Best ski area in Vermont, according to the Vermont Ski and Ride Readers Survey results. So they had 14 categories, best overall, best to avoid crowds, best snowmaking, grooming, toughest trail, best ski bar, best ski town, and more. I don't know if we want to go through everything. We can go through a couple though. So they're saying yeah. best ski areas in Vermont. This is according to the results of this survey. Number one, oh, let's go backwards. Let's make it all yeah. exciting. Number five, Mad River Glen. Ski it if you can. Number four, Stowe. Number three, Jay Peak. Number two, Sugarbush. Mm. Number one, Mount Snow. Just kidding. Uh, it's Killington. Killington. You know, for skiing, I almost might put Jay Peak on number one, personally. Aside from the fact that they're bankrupt and the, their tram takes forever. Details. Because they overloaded it for how many years? Details. <laughs> Details. Because they unsafely uh, doubled the capacity of it for how many years? I think part of the reason that you know you see the order in that order is that because it's more people can get to Killington because it is yeah. closer to New York and the nightlife, and it's got you know. Well, this is kind of like is this overall? I guess they're saying overall, which is yeah, yeah. kind of everything. Jay Peak is man. That's you either got to live up there or it's a freaking journey to get up there. It is far. Yeah. So best ski areas. 
And this one's kind of cool. Best ski areas to avoid the crowd. Let's do it backwards again. Number five, Bolton Valley. Our pal Lindsay, who uh, is doing a great job up there. Four, Middlebury Snowball. Number three, interesting, Pico. Hmm. Which, when you're going to Killington, a lot of folks drive right past it. Oh. And heard a lot of people say that that place on a powder day is phenomenal because it's got probably, well, they're saying better glades. Um, not better glades than, than Killington, but a lot of good glade mm. skiing there. Oh, yeah. Number two, one of our favorites, Magic Mountain. And number one, Burke Mountain Resort. Huh. I looked up the best pizza in Vermont ski towns. Oh, boy. You want to want to roll those, rattle those off for us? Yeah, I'll go one through five. Uh, American Flatbed in Waitsfield, Middlebury, Burlington. Um, Pike that House. This is awesome. That's also tied to zero gravity, right? Oh, that's right. That was good. Picasso and Stowe. Uh, I've never been there. I've actually uh, been to Picasso. Yeah, it is. It, it is really good. Yeah. Uh, Ramuntos in Bridgewater. What uh, is it? Down in Bridgewater. What's the name of the place? Ramuntos. Ramuntos. Because isn't Bridgewater right by Killington? Um, Because Bridgewater is where <clears throat> Long Trail is. Oh, so it's right next door. Yeah. Uh, then there's Dominic's in Killington. So the reason I wanted to read this off is Dominic's is the place that I walked in and I ordered a sip of sunshine jokingly. And they looked around and like, yeah, we got some sip of sunshine. That's true. That was many, many moons ago. That, that, that is a before great... it jumped the shark. Uh, well, you know, before it was available to make some everywhere. money too. Before yeah. it was available everywhere. Somebody yeah. actually went, got some and had it there and they were selling it. Very cool. And yes, I did, can confirm that that Ramuntos is right by Long Trail. Oh, nice. And then well, the thing about the thing that's funny about that is I remember you and I, we went there and we're like, we'll have a sip of sunshine. They had it. <laughs> and they were like, hey, how about a heady? And they're like, yeah, we got a couple more of these left too. We got some too. And we were joking. We were joking and being like, we paid 10 bucks a can. We and back care. then we were like, oh my God, I can't believe we paid 10 bucks a can for beer. Right now, this season at Killington, the resort with now with mass production that Lawson's has a sip of sunshine was $13 a can. Damn. So that $10 a can was a deal. Tremendous deal. Best part is people like, where'd you get that? And we looked them right in the eye. Like not going to tell you. Oh yeah. It's a place down the the, the street called none of your goddamn business. (laughs) Like we ain't telling you because every idiot in town is going to go there. You pose on Instagram. Like, look what I got. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. I want to do a selfie with a sip of sunshine. And I don't even drink beer. You didn't put any effort in to find it. You get nothing. Good day, sir or madam. That's right. I said yeah. good day. Uh, and the last one, Fireside Flatbread in Bolton Valley. Nice. So I'll do one more here. And this is yeah. best ski areas for families because this is ver- something that's very near and dear to my heart. Number oh, yeah. five, Bolton Valley. Number four, Sugarbush. Number three, Bromley. Number two, Okemo. Number one, Smuggler's Notch. Now, Bolton Valley seems to be showing up on a lot of these lists. Yeah. Okay, we're talking. I talked to Lindsay uh, on that um, that Ski Rex Media chat last this past week. Bolton's got a lot going for it, Uh, but again, it's one of those places. It's not on one of the big passes. It is on the Indy Pass. It's 
right down the road from Stowe. You actually, if you have your skins, you can actually hike to Stowe from Bolton Valley. Nice. It just, and again, I'm, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say I haven't skied there yet. And Lindsay is imploring me to come up and do their mountain biking. Cause they've done that. This is their second summer. They're going to have biking available. They said they have you know, green, blue, black trails, rental gear, lessons, everything. So Very cool. I really want to get my family up there, get my son ripping on a little bike, my wife and my daughter's too young, but hopefully a grandma can come and watch her a bit. But uh, there's a lot going on up there. And where Bolton is located is really nice because you're only probably, what, a half an hour from, from Burlington. So if you want to go and you're post up in Burlington, you can shoot over there for the day. Or if you're going to be in the area of the Mad River Valley, I guess you're a little bit south of there or in Waterbury, Stowe you can spend a day in Burlington. So oh, wow. a lot going on. Vermont, tons of great spots, as we know. Uh, it's cool to see what they have here. Let's do one more of these categories. I want to do best breweries. This is a fun yeah, one because we've, we've been to probably several of these. <clears throat> Number five, Von Trapp Brewing. Can't say I agree. I got some yeah. issues with them on a few levels, but... Well, it's number five, I guess. Number Whatever. Five. Now we're talking. Number four, Long Trail. Great spot. Right there by Killington, Bridgewater. Number three, Hill Farmstead. Oh, Boom. I mean. But what skier is that closest to? Jay Peak, maybe? It's got to be Jay. That's like I mean, it's not away. really near anything at all, let alone a ski resort. It's not near anything. We know that for a fact. We actually did our apre there after Jay a couple of years ago which we left JP on a Saturday to get to, to Hill Farmstead yeah. on time before it closed. And I will say, well, I don't it. regret my decision because yeah. I think we did the right thing. We got there almost as it closed, got our beers in, bought a bunch of stuff and it was a big win for everybody. I think, didn't we buy a beer for somebody that was like, I can only buy one. Can you buy me one? And I'll give yeah. you money for it. I was like, yeah, I don't care. People helping people. Dude, we, I think between like the, the two or three of us that were drinking, we drank three, two growlers. Yeah. Again, after Delicious. drinking there, going, yeah, we just, it's just good. And we were, it wasn't like we were just like falling on the floor. We were like enjoying like every sip of it. It was like that good. Yeah. That place, if you ever get to go, is amazing. It's, it's, it's out of the way. It's not near much, but it's worth yeah. it for sure. All right. Number two. The Alchemist in Stone. Mm, okay. Place is phenomenal. Totally agree. Number one, Lawson's, Lawson's. finest liquids, Waitsfield. Love Tremendous. that place. I will say my daughter exists because of Lawson's finest liquids. Uh-huh. So I, I can have, have to say nothing but positive things about the place. Hey, you got to get her sunshine shirt. That's, you know. Well, we were staying in Sugarbush and skiing there, and I want to make her, her middle name Sugarbush, but as a girl, that's not a good. That's, that's a stage name. That's not a good name. Yeah, you know, you're pretty much committing her to a life that you don't want her to live. If you're gonna yeah. Do that. So, huh. it's good, but her good that is, you chose chose something else. But we joke because you know her name is Leah, and we said that stands for Lawson's is awesome. Ah, boom. There, there you go. go. Yep. We'll post the link here if you want to check out the other categories. I got some other good stuff: cross country, skier events, toughest trail. You know what? Let's do toughest trail while we're here. Why not? Trail. Right? Let's see it. Number five, Madonna Lift Line at Smugs. Number four, mm-hmm. Rumble at Sugarbush. Number three, Outer Limits, Killington. 
There you go. Number two, Goat at Stowe. And number one, Paradise at Mad River Glen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, those are, uh, you know, this list is kind of cool. You could sit around with a bunch of friends and kind of see who can guess and talk about it and argue about what everybody thinks is the uh, the best run and the best beer and place to eat and pizza. It's kind of cool. Kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Outer Limits is uh, it's just a big, gnarly run. That's the only one of the five I've actually done on here. Lots of bumps. Lots of bumps. Super gnarly. Um, I like, they also mentioned that in the, paragraph where they're talking about it is devil's fiddle which of all of our years having share houses there i only skied it once because it's only open once never open yeah Yeah. it's so gnarly it's so just those boulders and everything there it's it's pretty awesome though it drop downs and boulders and a lot of fun all right next up we got bodie miller he is Doing stuff with peak skis. So there was a... Uh, we teased it last a, week. It was big tease. For yeah, like they weeks. had a tease that was going out, right? They were yeah. saying, going soon, you know, what's Bodie Miller's next thing? And uh, he's going with uh, peak skis. And he's, he's going to revolutionize skiing. Yeah. He's the director of innovation. Um, and uh, he is... Uh, so... Everybody knows him as the most winningest alpine skier in U.S. history, but he's the director of innovation at Peak, and he's always been that way. He took a bandsaw to race a snowboard and helped usher in modern side cut to skiing. So later, Bordy for- forced himself into European uh, race rooms tweaking side cuts, adjusting flexes, and building winning skis by hand. Today, Bodie can detect what's wrong with a prototype just by watching a skier arc. So peak is Bodie's laboratory. So it'll be interesting to see the uh, creations they have come out of this. Very neat. It's very interesting because I remember a bunch of years ago, like he was affiliated with, was it K2 or head? I think it was head. It was head, right? Yeah. And then, he, and then he got into like bomber skis. Like he was affiliated with them in, in some regards. I think he owned too. part of that, didn't he? I thought so. And he had, they wouldn't let him out of his contract and it was a whole thing. There was a lot of drama going on there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny. You go to Bomber's website. They're like, they have like a Bentley ski. I'm like, uh, oh, so nice. they're, this is how we're going to do things here. But now, yeah, he's doing his own thing. He is working with Peak. And I love to, I love, you know, hearing about, you know, the stories of, you know, him being like, yeah. I'm taking a bandsaw to this. I'm going to fix my, my side cut and cut it the way I want it. And like, I mean, it's those people, those kind of, you know, crazy folks who are like, this is not working for me. This is this, what we've been doing. Like we can do things in different ways. You know, Shane McConkie was the same way, taking a pair of water skis and, and powder skiing with those and kind of changing how, you know, bringing fat skis into the world. Like these are the guys who are so good and they could ski on anything. You can give them a you know piece of crap pair of, uh, you know, shape skis and they'll, they'll still rip it up. Yeah. So it's cool that, you know, he, uh, he's getting involved with them and, you know, it's peak by Bodie Miller. So he's got his name tied to this company and yeah, it'll be cool to see these skis. skis. Yeah. And you can go onto the, their website now, peakskis.com and you can, pre-order a pair if you want i guess they're going to be out in a couple months very cool i think a lot of the footage they're showing here looks like big sky because i think he's uh he's out there and you no know, he has his 
a school out there, uh, like a training school. Oh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be cool to see these bad boys and see what kind of models listed there too. Yeah. You're ranging about 900 bucks. That's not too bad. Yeah. I wonder too, like, you know, the, the, all of the big ski companies and you go to the site and you check out, like you click on one of the, the skis and it's got Bodie talking about them, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, you wonder, I mean, I know all the ski companies obviously work with the professionals and they have input and, but you wonder how much input and how much they actually, you know, change them versus a smaller shop who, you know, probably has the ability to, to tweak and adjust their manufacturing versus like a, you know, big vocal or K2 where they're just kind of like cranking out like a certain number every year. Yeah. You wonder how much they're involved versus, you know, if they're just putting their name on a ski, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think a lot of places are a lot more, you know, honest these days with their athletes and they have the ability to pivot and manufacture and tweak things as when they do have good feedback from them. But yeah, that's not my world. If you're an athlete and you just walk in like, these are shit. I don't like this. Change this, change this, or or take my name off. You know what I mean? I want you to go down to a rainforest and find this particular (laughs) kind of wood, get these trees, (laughs) cut them all down, bring them all back. We're going to use those for our ski. Cause it's always cool when people come up with some sort of new way of doing things, you know, cause I mean, think how long people, you know, how long skis were the way they were. And then all of a sudden you bring in, you know, the, the rocker ski or the fat skis and you didn't realize what you were missing until you, until you tried it. And, you know, someone had to be that pioneer to make that change to oh, get yeah. to this point. <laughs> cool so here's to the crazy ones brazilian monkey pod that's what i want what brazilian monkey pod you gotta look it up it's beautiful perfect kind of wood perfect kind of wood love it yeah all right and we have one more story before our main topic this is actually from a few weeks back but i wanted to save it because a nice little segue into our main topic, but there is currently an ugly battle over the future of Gunstock Ski Resort in New Hampshire. So for those who are unfamiliar, Gunstock is in Guilford, New Hampshire. It's right by Lake Winnipesaukee, which is a, uh, I think the biggest lake in New Hampshire. And right now it is New England's only county owned ski mountain and one of its most beloved. So you get, you know, lots of school kids who are there, seniors who after 70 get free lift tickets. You got sledders on the tubing hill, RVs go to the campground. And there's a big Nordic association there. So it's funny. They talk about how Gunstock is not Aspen. And it's a no frills place. And a lot of the locals don't have pride in that. They want to keep it that way. Yeah. And there was one of the people they, they talked about and they say, people come up from Massachusetts and ask me, what's up with the bathrooms at Gunstock? <laughs> and the guy who's an arborist and ski instructor says, did you pee in a hole? Did it go down? Like, like, what do you want? <laughs> this isn't snow basin want? here, you know? <clears throat> yeah. So the roots of this place uh, go back to the 1930s when crews from the Federal Works Progress Administration gathered to build the first ski trails using handsaws and axes. In 1960, a gunstock skier, Penny Pitot, won two silver medals at the Olympics. In her forward to a 2011 history of the ski resort, 
She wrote about how she grew up next to a racing coach with a barn full of used skis, and her friends were allowed time to relax, lie on the grass, look up at the sky, and dream our dreams. Nice. That sounds pretty awesome. For all the resort's charm, most agree that modernization is needed at Gunstock, which grossed $14 million last year and put a portion of earnings, $247,000, into county coffers. All right. thing. But on the point of who should guide that future, a battle is now gripping Belknap County, the county that it is it resides in. So one side is local politicians, all Republicans, led by Norm Silber, a 76-year-old state representative and fierce proponent of small government. As a publicly owned ski area, Gunstock represents the worst of evils and the ever-increasing expansion of government activities into every nook and cranny of our lives. He wrote last year in an essay titled, I Have a Dream. His essay was published on Granite Grok, a website whose editors have described themselves as fire-breathing right-wingers, and it stands as a manifesto for their effort to privatize the mountain. Opposing him are a multitude of Belknap County residents who want Gunstock to remain county-owned and are willing to place their faith in the resort's current managers who've recently shaped an expansion plan that could add a trailside hotel, a mountaintop restaurant, and new trails and lifts, all while endeavoring to retain the spirit of the place. Hmm. So two sides are evenly represented. Uh, Silver urged the New Hampshire legislature to pass a bill giving the Belknap County delegation dominion over Gunstock's future. Five citizens wrote letters of support to the relevant legislative committee. Committee Over 1,200 letters were written, written opposing him. Hmm. Uh, at the end, in what many see as a fight for the soul of Gunstock, Silver is arguably the most likely to succeed in the end. Wow. He's a, fa- he's a retired lawyer. So what is the fight really about? Is it who's going to, is it the county going to pay for it or do they want to privatize it so the county doesn't have to pay for it anymore? The county wouldn't pay for it, but the county also wouldn't benefit from it. And who knows, you know, are they going to try to verify it? Which of course they're going to do. You know, Mm. that's, that's, that's the unfortunate thing about, you know, whenever they, someone buys up one of these mountains is that what do you do first? How do you make more money out of it? That's the whole big, you know, in, in big motivation. Usually it's, yeah, condos, restaurants, crap that's not necessary to improve the skiing. Right. And then I guess, do you treat it like a national park where it's like, or a state park where it's just there, no frills, or do you treat it like a resort? Because then you're not running the government, you're running a resort. Like, so now you're in the resort business instead of the running the government business. That's very interesting. And they say that most of the um, folks that are opposed to to Silber, they fear that if Gunstock were leased, it would go to a large company like Vail. And Vail Which, has a bad taste in people's mouths. Get, your, certainly get do. your name out of my mouth. Slap. And Vail has been criticized. Uh, <laughs> uh, the company has been criticized as being willing to cut skier amenities to maximize profits. As noted in a recent report in The Sun, this winter veil has been reducing operating hours and cutting back on snowmaking at three New Hampshire ski areas it bought in 2019, Atatash, Wildcat, and Crotched Mountain. 
Last year, amid complaints that Vail had oversold passes to Mount Sunapee, a mountain owned by New Hampshire and leased by the company, Governor Sununu promised he would step in to make things right. Vail representatives didn't return an email seeking comment. Hmm. So there's a big, you know, like a big battle going on there. This and isn't the end of it. This is brewing for a while, and it seems like it's going to be going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of extra details in here. And, you know, we'll post a link in the show notes if you want to, you know, take a closer look. But it seems like this is getting a bit ugly. And this guy, this silver dude, seems very hell-bent on taking this private, hmm. which, you know... I understand. I understand the motivation, but it seems like he's trying to like, uh, I don't understand the purpose, like like what the big, the big fight is about. But again, I, well, think about it. If you have a lawsuit against the ski area or you have major improvements that need to be done. Now you're talking about going out and raising taxes for the taxpayers because they got to pay it. Right. It's a, it's a County owned property. So instead of it, your money, tax money going towards other stuff, theoretically it could start going towards this. And then at what point do you say we don't have the ability to fund it? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I get part of it, you know, or if there's a big lawsuit now, you know, the County's paying for it and they got to recoup that in taxes. Yeah. You know, I'm looking a little, further down here and it's talking about silver and it says he has not voiced any aspirations of finding a particular lesser for gunstock. His focus has simply seemed to be on disrupting the current leadership. Hmm. And when I press him to sketch me a picture of a privatized gunstock, he expresses hope that the ski area could become another Mount Slenopy, the state owned resort that has since 2018 been leased by Vale. Slenopy is the model. He says, Oh, so it's still owned by, it would still be owned by the county, but somebody else would be running, leasing it to run it. Yes. That seems like that's. Ah, I see. That's a different, it's interesting. So the county would still make money, just they switch all that operating and overhead to someone else. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, angry people opposing him in this. You know, a lot of the locals, obviously. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. We got to ask Ben. We'll have to ask him in a follow up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is a perfect trans transition, perfect segue segue into our main topic. We had an an, an email that came a few weeks ago from a listener, uh, and. He was, you know, he was kind of, you know, giving us some, some love and, you know, thanking us for the, uh, for doing the podcast. And he brought up to that. He was a instructor at Gunstock, which was pretty cool. And he also is a student. He's a grad student at university of New Hampshire. And he was in a class and he was mentioning that he had to, you know, to be part of a, or do a podcast for his, his you know, his human dimensions of natural environments class. Nice. So we're like, you know what? Why don't you come on and, you know, you can present, you know, talk about your presentations, your paper, what you had to do. And uh, hopefully, we'll hope you get an A in the class. So we chatted with Ben, Ben Rule, 
He is, again, based out of New Hampshire. He skied at Gunstock. Uh, nice guy. And we think you'll really enjoy the conversation. So have a listen. All right. And we have a very special guest this week. Very interesting fella. He reached out to us on Instagram. Um, and, you know, it's cool, like, when people who are doing something in- interesting in the ski industry reach out. And we are always looking to help people out whatever they need. Cause you know, we consider this the people's podcast. Like that's, that's we're skiers. We love talking to other skiers. So I want to give an introduction, Ben rule. Thank you. For you started skiing at three years old. You are a ski instructor at Gunstock mm-hmm. and you are also a graduate student at the university of New Hampshire. So Ben, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Brian. I like somehow stumbled upon your podcast and like, there's like others that are like really dry that aren't that funny, but this <laughs> one like was the opposite of that. And like, that's why I loved it. So yeah, I'm just so happy to be on this and I have so many great experiences to tell you about my winter being a ski instructor, all of the ups and downs and how like, su- like how to be successful in the ski instructor world and uh, everything about what I'm doing this summer as well. And I'm also on here to do a class project. So we'll be dabbling on that for a little bit as well. Yeah, it's it's cool. And I appreciate the uh, the compliments. You know, it's funny. We had someone reach out to us because we were trying to get a whole bunch of sponsors last year. And this guy reached out to us and he was like, you guys don't talk about skiing enough. I'm like, some people actually love that we don't just talk about skiing, you know, because I mean, how much can you talk about? Like you talk, yeah. you hear like these like, you know, gnarly like Red Bull dudes. And you're like, I can't relate to your life. You know, like you're in a helicopter every week. Like I'm just yeah. a guy trying to get as many turns as I can. So, yeah. so thank you very much. So you're welcome. How long have you been an instructor now? I've only been an instructor for this ski season alone, but this summer I worked at this resort. So like it's called Woodlock. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's where a lot of people from Long Island go to. Where Woodlock is it? Resort in Holly, Pennsylvania. Holly, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. So like it's just a kind of mom and pop uh, resort that like, I also have to happen to have a lake house on. And since my degree was in recreation, I hopped on it to just literally work at the resort. So I'd bike to work and it was really cool. So like what I got experience in was public speaking there because you had to do like intros on like how to shoot guns, how to play paintball, how to ride go-karts. It's the craziest thing was the go karts because literally you don't know how intoxicated some adults are until it's too late. <laughs> and like I'm like there has to be like a breathalyzer at the front entrance gate or else like things could go wrong real quick. But that's so funny. So I'm checking out. So it's Woodlock W O O D L O C H. Yep. And voted number one family resort by USA Today. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. So you can actually shoot guns and do paintball and. Yeah, Are those ridiculous go-karts there? Yeah, and so, like, a lot of people come from the city, so they're not, like, used to, like, seeing, like, a lot of trees and the natural environment and stuff. But, like, it's really cool. But I don't know, like, that helped me gain, like, the confidence to, like, to speak to anybody. And what I heard from, like, my fellow ski instructors that are, like, I guess they're not moms anymore, but they were moms. But um, 
did like they tell me like how good of a job i keep the, my kids in line like the magic carpet area can get so congested that like if you're not like head on swivel the whole time like you gotta like like things can go wrong because you could easily lose a kid and stuff like that not saying that happened to me but i never like on the record i never lost a kid so <laughs> but that's a good thing yeah and yeah. also when it comes to like it's just I don't know. It's just confidence in what you say, basically not second guessing what you say it really helps. Well, that's the thing time. too, because kids, kids are so good at detecting, you know, where there's like chinks in the armor. Uh-huh. So if you're not kind of a little rigid and have like a structure, they will just walk all over you as yeah. like a dad of two little kids. Like I can, I can a hundred percent like agree with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> God, no, that's a hundred percent agree. But do you know, like, the spring vacation weeks or Mass, uh, New Hampshire? I don't know if New Jersey has, like, a vacation week. Yeah, yeah. Usually around, like, middle March, like, spring break-ish. Yeah, so, like, for New Hampshire, I mean, for Massachusetts vacation week, like, it was pretty much, it was during President's Day weekend, too. And, like, it took me 20 minutes to get up and down from the magic, it took me 20 minutes to get up the magic carpet. Oof. Because so like, they had to stop it all the time because of all the people. Yeah, or... so like it, <laughs> that was basically the longest. That was like if I could, if you can get through that day, you can get through any day. Yeah, but it was nuts and <laughs> it's crazy. But so, being a ski instructor, you get there's like you get to bypass the line. There's like a ski instructor line where like also there's first aid. I'm in ski patrol and. You literally just get to zoom by, and like since you're wearing like a super highlighted coat, ours was orange. Being just like you know, like how you like nudge your car in to turn right or like to go left in traffic. So crazy busy during the vacation weeks. Mm-hmm. So how many lessons would you do a day when it's like a busy, like a busy week like that? So like I'm like once it got busy, I took part in children's center. So like I was teaching kids from the age of four, maybe three here and there, but four to like 11. And I got like seven and a half hours if they were like a full day. So what they do, they parents drop them off at uh, nine. And then we get on the mountain, we get outside and on our skis at 10. And then if you're a half day, you come in at 12 and then go home. But if you're a full day, you come in at 1230. And then go back out at one thirty to three thirty, and then you drop them off at their parents and just tell them how well they did. And the <laughs> best part, the best parents are is the parents that like are like undercover, where like they don't, the kids don't see them. But like sometimes I notice that they're their parents, and I don't say anything either. But like so, like the kid just thinks he's like on his own still. Yeah. And like the parent gets to see how much the kid is learning. And like, I don't have to like explain as hard as what we did because they could see how I was helping out the kid the whole time. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's the best favorite. kind. So they, yeah. so you're basically on the snow for four hours as a kid basically. in a full day. That's yeah. a lot of time, but I, it's nice that you, they break it up. Yeah, um, I took my son for a lesson this year for the first time. He's, he's four and uh-huh. they, they had like a, a fenced off area for them. And, you know, they, it was next to the bunny hill. So they mm-hmm. kind of had like instructors at the top and then 
at the bottom and they would kind of give him tips and kind of hold him and show him how to get down. And it's funny. I got his report card after two hours and oh, yeah. it was like, Benjamin is not very good at pizza. I'm like, duh. I'm like, he just wants to like French fry down. I'm like I know that. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. I took him out afterwards and I actually had him following me for the first time. Cause usually yeah. I did the, the, uh, the harness, uh-huh. the leash. And then I finally got him following me. And I will tell you, it was like the best feeling ever. Like I seeing bet. him get it and making uh-huh. his turns and going behind me. And again, I, I had probably like the least amount of days on the snow this season, but that like made my whole season is like I getting bet. him to ski on his own. And again, the lesson, it wasn't, it was one lesson for two hours, but I feel uh-huh. like it just kind of gave him enough of those little pointers. And again, the folks like yourself and the folks where, where he got it done, like, it is so tough to teach yeah. kids, but yeah. in a way it's better than having the parents do it because sure. parents, <laughs> you're always like, come on, like, why are you doing that? Like you're kind of razzing them a bit and they yeah. just get annoyed and frustrated. But uh-huh. here's someone else who's like, again, yeah, like you said, structured, knows what they're doing, has a plan. Mm-hmm. And they, they want to impress you or they want, you know, to do well in your eyes because you're a, a teacher to them mm-hmm. and then they get it, which is cool. Yeah. So, so do you have but- any like, any like stories of kids, like any crazy kids that were uh, that were tough? Yeah, so there, I documented this actually because I have one really inspiring story too. Because like it was like out of his own ability, but my for me and also other instructors had this kid, but like I had him at the beginning, like he like he was here for like a portion of like four to five weeks, and I had him probably on his second week here, and. uh so like, what did I say? I said he tried to, so like I made the mistake of bringing my poles with me. So like, I, I didn't know how crazy he was until after I gave him my pole. And then like, I gave him this pole, but then like I, uh, I had to throw my pole like in the out of balance area so he wouldn't go and get it. Oh my God. How <laughs> so old like, is this kid? Yeah. So like, it was just start off with that and then halfway through the lesson he refused to take up put up the lift bar you know like when you're supposed to take up the lift bar when you're about to get off yeah he saw me trying to lift it up and like he like countered that and like left it down so like the lift operator had to stop the lift for me so for him to like stop um holding it down (laughs) how old was this kid do you know uh he was like five about (laughs) And then he purposely dropped his mittens <laughs> off the lift after like, he's, you know, like how you go up the lift and see a lot of mitt, like stuff falling, like stuff on the ground. Of course. That yeah. People don't pick up some of its mittens and stuff, but mittens and he poles, purposely right? drops his mittens. And then like we, I had to like make that the priority to go get. So like, we're going to, I was like, let's ski to your mittens now. And then, well, like, at least you could ski them. Sometimes, you know, you're like in like a ravine or like yeah. rocks. Yeah, luckily it was on the beginner trail. So yeah. like it was, this 39 chairs on the beginner slope. So like, it's not that like, That's like long. you don't go over like parts of the mountain where you can't ski luckily. So thank God for that. And then what else? And then in the lift line, he, do you know like how there's poles in the lift line that uh like have like line separators? yeah this was a pole right next to the lift like right next to like right for like you pull forward to get on the like pull forward and then 
come to a stop. Mm-hmm. He literally pulled it out of the ground and threw it. <sighs> yeah, and it was like that was after I knew he how like this was like at the very end. And then to t- cap it all off, he stole someone else's pole. Like that was just like like left. <laughs> like there's like a bunch of poles like left in the next to magic carpet. Mm-hmm. Where like they like they don't need their poles when they're like I don't know who pole it was, but he took it. And then his mom even saw that he took a random pole. And then luckily the mom like finally made him like drop the pole. And then after they left, I brought I put the pole right back in the ground where it was like before he took the pole. But Ugh. yeah, it was crazy. But it was like the I was with another kid too. So the other kid was like what is up with this guy? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. You know what? As bad as it was for you, think about that kid's parents every day. Yeah. Having to do that little monster. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I could should talk into him like my most positive experience. Like I also, it's one of those things that I shared to Facebook and like all of the, like Facebook for me is like to share to like my parents and their friends. But I said, uh, if you didn't wait, where is it? I'll go, I'll say it word for word. Uh, yesterday is a day I will never forget. It started. I started my day at eight thirty, not knowing how truly great of an experience I I will have. I found out I was going to teach a kid who has never skied before. As I was introduced to him, his mom told me he was on the spectrum, and in my head I said I got this, and I switched to my, my mindset to a whole new one I never used since I would since when I had when I was helping out my sister who was also who was also on the spectrum. So I could relate to all his ups and downs and his mood swings and throughout the day. I knew it was going to be a challenge and could relate to all his spur of the moment thoughts that he said out loud and then he apologized for saying it too loud. What I did today the more I think about it, it brings to tears to my eyes. Today is a day I will look back and see how much leadership and communicative experience I have gained over time. Near the end of the lesson, his mother took a ride up on the chairlift with us and saw how I helped him get off the chair, lift up, lift, and uh, lift, what? And lift, like, I had this, like, thing, like this hula hoop thing that, like, I held on to where, like, if, like, he let go, like he'd fall, but like if I didn't let go and he stay, hold on, hold on to it, like he wouldn't fall. So like that's how I was able to manage him to get down the mountain. But literally, is like since he is having a fun time and like overcame his fear of I don't know, just overcame his fear of not like going too fast. And at the end, we took a thirty minute break at the top of the beginner lift, just throwing snowballs. Aww. Like <laughs> yeah, and like he just loved that. I'm like okay, it's time to go back down. It's kind of like when you're like on a float in a lake and you have to go back in to like go home. It's kind of like that where like you have to get in the water to go back home. But it's really cool. That's a really good, that's a really awesome. Just because my sister has autism too. Luckily she learned how to ski before it really hit her. Like she does Special Olympics now. And oh wow. Yeah, it's just really cool. But well, that's the thing too. It's like, you know, it really shows, like you said, leadership. And one of the big things is empathy because it's so easy to kind of get caught up in our own 
existence uh-huh. or own being or our own expectations. And you just, you, sometimes you just need to take a step back and, and appreciate and look at, look at someone for what they are and, and do whatever you can to help them have a good time because uh-huh. that's what this, that's what it's all about. It's supposed to be a fun time. You know, it's, we're all extremely lucky to be able to do it. Yeah. have the ability, the time, the the uh-huh. money, the whatever to experience yeah. this and to share a love of something with someone who might be otherwise unable to, to actually do it. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's a really, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. And the best thing is, is when the kids come in, Oh, I'm not going to love hate. Like they, their attitude is like not there. Like they don't want to, they don't want to do it. And then like, I give them like these three helpful things. I'm like, follow me, do it, do what I do. And like, Somehow, like fifty percent of the time, like they're like, like there, there's a flip in their head that just switches to like all positive, and like after they do what I was doing in the most like simplest way, where they knew how to do it, like down the magic carpet hill, it's just like that's kind of like how they remember my name. Actually, is if I like tell them something like important to them that they remember every time they come, because you know I was working children's center and. There's some kids that come like every other week or so. And like, they're like, hi, Ben, hi, Ben, hi, Ben. And like, I got like, remember who they are, but then I eventually do. So <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's got to be such a rewarding job being able to do that and teach kids and, and just to see them get it, you know, like when it clicks for them, mm-hmm. knowing that you, you were responsible for that. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So speaking of what you're responsible for, yeah let's talk about your class let's talk about my class so it's uh wait just wait i want to bring up the proper name of this course it is called uh rmp which stands for recreation management and policy 876 and it's human dimension of natural environments and it's for this class, I have to do a podcast and I, this is kind of, I just took advantage of my opportunity and reached out to Brian. <laughs> and uh, so what I had to do is as a grad student, I had to do a bibliography on different articles as well as a presentation. And, and interestingly enough, I did my presentation on the Hyperloop <laughs> after hearing all about it. And on that day of the presentation, they're like, screw it. We're like, they like, I forget Virgin, the company, like, uh, what would it be called? Not fired their employees, but they got rid of half of their employee fleet because they're sticking to cargo because all of the risk involved with shipping people. Because during class, I've showed them a video and it says if there becomes a hole or any obstruction in the tube or like the vehicle, like you automatically become decapitated. And then like the whole class like reacted to that. Oops. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that was like, the day? Oh, the day you were doing the presentation, they announced that? After, like, the, like it was, that was, like, luckily I didn't tell that during the presentation, but, like, <laughs> if, like, you brought up Hyperloop on that day, it's the day, like, Virgin, like, retired half their workforce to stick to packaging instead. But No vision, these people. Yeah, but it, it was a really fun presentation because at the end there's a debate where i had there's a side that wanted it and there's another side that wanted it if these things were like kept as promised so yeah so so this was for the class so was 
what was the the purpose of this presentation? Like, what was the like what was the, your uh, your assignment? My assignment was this? environmental values. So prior to the hyperloop discussion, I talked about the environmental movements through like the 1900s, like right after what sparked it was industrial revolution and poor air quality. So yeah, after, so I said of calm before the storm was prior to the industrial Re- revolution, but then after the storm is 1900s, where like the what I said was the effects of the industrial revolution created havoc among people in Europe and the United States. Uh, and then this is when uh, in 19, 1924, America's first national wilderness area was designated to the Gill National Forest by the <laughs> legend of Aldo Leopold. And I kind of just went through like the 1960s, 1970s. And uh yeah, and I didn't know this, and the class didn't know this, but there's this Earth Day. Senator Gaylord Nelson created Earth Day in spring of 1970. So there's actually a person that created the holiday. But a lot of people didn't know that. I feel like I, I may have heard that at one point, but yeah, it's funny how, like, yeah, you, it's got to start with something, right? Like, it's got to. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that dude that was smoking weed hanging out at the. Uh, Wait, is this Mario? Mario's yeah. on. We've oh, got a Mario. I was just looking at, <laughs> <I was just laughs> looking at my uh, presentation and I just didn't uh-huh. hear you until I heard you. I snuck in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mario, oh. I, he's got the presentation too. So he's uh, he's checking oh, awesome, it out. Awesome. You mean it wasn't the patchouli guy at the drum circle <laughs> <laughs> smoking weed that was there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's cool information. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Uh, so you had to actually debate this like so you had your your pro hyperloop con hyperloop groups yeah i had my pro caught yeah and like i said uh transportation for long distances from city to city national parks national parks ski resort to ski resort you get the idea so like i was telling them like instead of having to go from denver to uh Breckenridge, you can just easily just go underground and pop out at Breckenridge, and like <laughs> they got a kick out of that. So that'd be sweet. Yeah. You know, again, we talked about that. We I don't know how that came up on the podcast. I think it was the traffic. They were talking about like yeah, I-70 the I seventy traffic. traffic. Yeah. And again, like you, you had to drill through mountains. They have the tunnels there to uh-huh. to get that highway completed. Yeah. Like, where uh-huh. is the vision? Like, I feel like we're not we're wasting the underground. Like there's so much more we can do. And the mountain passes always get snowed out. Like it's yeah. crazy. There's so yeah, many advantages, so many yeah. positives. Yeah, you don't need chains on your tires too. You don't need to deal with your car sliding off the road. <laughs> you don't have to drive. Everybody wants auto driving cars. How about not even getting in a car? Just getting in the hyperloop. Boom, you're there. Yeah. And to get in, don't you have to take your car into the hyperloop though? And it's on a sled. Is that how it works? I think no, I don't unless there is a package where you can bring your car with you, but you pay an extra money for that one though. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> a shipping like when you're shipping your, your car on the ferry. I yeah. don't know. Or like an auto train. Like yeah. you pay extra to put your car on the train or you can just go on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't save any money. That auto train they have that runs on the east coast that goes like I think it starts in like Virginia down to Florida. Yeah. It's like just as much as driving. And you you know You could just rent a car. Rent the car, yeah. but then you got to drive. So you save on actually driving, you know? So did you have to come up with a conclusion? 
regarding the Hyperloop? Uh, it's kind of like as long as wildlife wasn't impacted too harshly and as and if there be, ever becomes a like a hole in the structure, like <laughs> we're not going on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i guess too then the, the question of wildlife is what what wildlife is going to matter because like underground like worms bugs like oh, like dune worms do they hold like, lower value than yeah. you know no i think it's more about the migrational patterns too migrational patterns. and like oh, okay. the food chain supply and stuff so underground like you may mess with a few potatoes but you're yeah. not really you're not messing with with the the kind of there isn't that no greater water system and all that stuff too right the water, water system's an issue too but couldn't the water system be used to cool the hyperloop if needed uh-huh well the aquifer uh, is really far down right but then there's like i don't know i guess it would go through all that it goes mm-hmm. right through yeah rock paper scissors and hyperloop right through do we know how like did you find any information about how like how, what is the speed like an uh, I know they did like a maximum speed, but is there like a, what would be a reasonable speed for the high? Is it like a thousand kilometers per hour? Right now they're saying 760 miles per hour. That's about a thousand kilometers an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's fast. So yeah. basically you could be at Breckenridge from Denver in like half an hour. Yeah. And there's used for like s- s- the best is from like, they said Columbus, to like Cleveland or like Cincinnati to Columbus, like, or like just like mid, like not long, long, but like eight hour travel cut down to 10 minutes, basically. Wow. That's so cool. You you think of like big cities, right? Like New York to Boston or something like that. Getting through all the crap that's in the way would be, that's going to be a task, right? You got to pick something that's not as maybe developed. Like, so Cleveland, you know, that might be, that might work. What they talk- were trying to do in California, that high speed rail that's they've been trying to do for decades, which is just never panned out, like a Los Angeles to San Francisco thing, which I think is why Elon came up with this because he yeah. was working. He had offices, yeah. you know, SpaceX in LA and Tesla up near uh, San Francisco. And now he's a, a control, he's a major partner in Twitter. So he's doing whatever he wants. Oh, yeah. It's the biggest single, um, I guess, uh, single owner of the. It's like nine percent. Right I was like, "That's it," but he paid a ton of money for that. Three billion. Mm-hmm. Billion. Damn. I wish I had three billion dollars. Then I'd make my own hyperloop to go wherever the hell I wanted. To go to Vegas, it would be <laughs> Tampa to Vegas, and that's it. And I charge everybody like a thousand dollars to get there, and a, a spin on a on a wheel while you're going. You'd be you gambling. While you're on the- Do you get a voucher at least taking your yeah. hyperloop? gambling you have like a bar you have like some lap dances on that thing <laughs> be crazy yeah. what else would you have what would you have been on a hyperloop i would kind have i've got to think here i would it'll be i don't know what happens like what if they're like when you like do notice like if it slows down what happens in hyperloop stays in hyperloop yeah oh, so <laughs> i'm thinking about what if there was like a i don't know like table tennis or like Oh, or like, what if you could like play like like just type those types of like bar games? Ah, I always wonder why they never had like gyms on a train. Yeah, like if you're on a train, I mean, granted, I know because I've been on trains, but how cool would that be if you could like work out while you're on a train? 
Yeah. I think in like yeah. Brazil they did something like buses. But think about like the, the bus jams on the brakes. You're like you're doing like a clean and jerk, and you're like wah, go like flying with like this massive yeah. weight. Throwing weight at somebody. Everything. Yeah. How about a big hot tub? Like a hot whole tub hot tub nice. car. Imagine after skiing, hyperloop hot tub. Oh, yeah. hyperloop hot tub. Where, do you know like how nice. they have those like ice baths? Yeah. Like, like, cool, yeah. Like recovering from like some type of like athletic or like workout, and like you just hop in the hop in the ice bath and then just walk out like when the hyperloop reaches the destination and just you're like halfway recovered already. It'd be a whole spa. That's the whole spa. Hyperloop spa. Hyper spa. You could hyper anything. Hyper juice. We got to sell hyper juice. (laughs) So anything else about the presentation that you want to add in? Not really. I just wanted to bring up in 2013, Elon Musk came up with the idea on a napkin. Wow. <laughs> One hell of a napkin. I got I, You got to wonder how many napkins he has with like, just that's like the good stuff he's sharing. Like think about <laughs> yeah. his like insane stuff that he's not sharing with us. Yeah. Like all crumpled up napkins. People are like, I'm going to throw these away. It's garbage. Well, that was the idea we needed to like solve a lot of problems. to change the world. Oh, well. Yeah. Nice. So, Next, I'm going to talk about like what I had to do my research on. Well, I came up with it. No, I wanted to <coughs> do it on uh, alternative fuels, like ele- like lithium ion and hydrogen batteries, like hydrogen f- for like planes, actually, because I came upon this article about hydrogen planes and um, okay. where is it? Uh, the <laughs> what I oh, said I was the next most popular form of transportation is by plane. So Airbus is experimenting with hydrogen powered jet engines. They are using green hydrogen, which where they are splitting hydrogen from water through their super cold liquid hydrogen fuel. Airbus is aiming to debut this carbon free jet in 2035. And oddly enough, in the article, it said during the oil shortage during the Soviet times of Russia, they try to make one because they were they're were losing their dependency on oil. So imagine a Soviet unionized a uh, hydro hydroplane, hydro wow. powered plane. I meant hydrogen powered plane, but <laughs> Yeah, I guess the uh you know, wasn't the Hindenburg hydrogen powered like that? Yeah. Of course, you got to find the tragedies yeah. of the past to mm-hmm. learn how you're going to evolve in the future. That didn't end up so well. But no, no. but I know like the um I think it was Honda they they did something with hydrogen cars. Maybe it's Honda and Toyota. Somebody had they, a hydrogen car. Yeah, and I guess their biggest the issue was getting the liquid hydrogen. Is it liquid hydrogen that they the recharge they of it with? was? Yeah, I think it's liquid hydrogen. Um, the problem was they don't have an infrastructure yet, and it's one of the, it's again chicken and egg thing. Like, how do you get the product to become popular if you don't have the infrastructure in place? Why do you spend money on the infrastructure if it's not popular yet? That whole <laughs> that whole debate. Um, you know, every corner has a gas station on a corner, right? Well, look at how many electric charging stations you see now. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's, but that was Elon Musk putting it out there. Remember, he was just he chucking them out the, there saying. The supercharger network. Yeah. But then the other it, company, yeah. Recharge America, is that what it is? Or Charge America? Yeah. They started cranking out these stations. And I saw they, they were doing a concept almost like a, like a mini mall slash rest stop hmm. to like a, like a high end rest stop. Got that it. you could go and charge your electric cars on so you don't have that um 
was it range? What's the, what's the term they use? Range anxiety. Yeah. So it's oh, like, yeah. hey, I got to stop somewhere, but hey, this is pretty cool. I can get a great meal. I can go again, maybe go to the gym or yeah. go go sit by a pool or do something like these. Mm-hmm. Like, That's a good almost idea. like a like a really, really, really short term hotel. Uh-huh. I just thought of something crazy. Do you know, like, I don't know if you've ever been to Montreal, but they have like that underground system. Yeah. Like, there's an underground system charging station where like, it's just, I don't know, instead of having an above ground and having to deal with the sun, if you're, you're like in Florida or something, or the cold, if you're like in, I don't know, Maine. Imagine if you'd like just go to like a parking garage, but underneath the parking garage, it's just underground system where like, it's kind of like a movie theater almost, but you're there to get your car charged up and whatever else you need while you're there. That's pretty there sweet. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Takes care of two problems right there. Uh-huh. Boom. And you're not taking up space on the uh, above ground. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So what other, um, was there any other future projects, any um, alternative fuels that oh, yeah. read about um, that? Are- there's this new, oh, uh, what is it? There's this new technology that recently came out. And it, oh, wait. Um, through, it's through quadratic scaling. The average battery with 200 cells can now increase its rate of charge by 200 over your current lithium-ion battery. So now a car will charge faster than it takes to pump an average amount of gas at home. Reduce the time to three minutes at high-speed charging stations. Reduce the time to seconds. Wow. So I guess that whole concept of having your little micro mall thing will be completely unnecessary then. That's, yeah. yeah. I guess just yeah. blew that idea out of the water. Just, Somebody setting yeah. up restaurants and you know, yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think they're stuck here for hours. They're gonna eat. They're gonna relax. No, not anymore. Nope. Sorry. But imagine, like, I, imagine if somehow, because you know, like uh, certain cars, they have the regenerative regenerative braking. Yeah. So in a Tesla, you hit the brakes. The harder you hit the brakes, the more it actually takes the the is that kinetic energy. Kinetic. Let's say it's kinetic, and it puts it back into the batteries. Uh-huh. imagine if we had roads that did that like imagine the road somehow there's um some sort of conductor in the tires that connects it to the battery that as you drive as you create that heat it f- powers the battery with that i, I have no concept of physics i have no idea it's even humanly Dude, possible all, all i know is what you just said you had a flux capacitor in there and i'm on i'm investing i had flux, <laughs> flux capacitors there but think about it I, I guarantee you it would work. The problem is there's no way to make money off of it, so they're going to squash it. Yeah, that's the problem. If you don't make money, nobody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. I was watching a documentary last night, Benjamin Franklin. It was on PBS, and it talked about his discovery, You know, obviously the discovery of electricity, the concepts of it. He actually was creating his own batteries even back then in like the 1750s. And the, um, the Franklin stove that he created- Nikolai Tesla. What's that? Didn't he steal all the stuff from Nikolai Tesla? That's Edison, he was around right? way before Tesla. That's Edison. Yeah. Oh, Edison, Edison's still living from Tesla. That's <laughs> hundreds of years later. Hundreds um, of years. So the Franklin stove and the lightning rod, those oh. were like two of like the most transformative inventions of that time. Didn't want to patent it. He was like, this is this is for the better of society that we have these nice. things. Uh-huh. And like, that's the kind of attitude that sadly in America in 2022 is totally gone. Yeah, like yeah. that's and that's like oh, part I of the can't reason. It. Sorry, good, good, good try, kid. Part of the reason why we're at where we're at, because you know, it's like, well, I gotta move a bridge for my yacht. 
Cause that's yeah. kind of how I roll yeah. versus like the average guy trying to fill his gas tank and gas is almost five bucks a gallon. Yeah. I want to build something, make it better. No, I want to tear it down because my freaking yacht has to get through that bridge. <laughs> he's going to rebuild it. But still the fact that he's doing yeah. it. Is he going to build it better? If he doesn't build it better than it was, then I don't, I don't know. Gotta have uh, it's like, he's probably going to save a couple minutes, a couple bucks, you know, like miss two rivets or so. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, can you imagine if that thing were collapsed? Like, a week after he he rebuilds it, they're like, "What about Elon Musk sabotages the bridge when Bezos boom. rebuilds it to destroy Bezos?" Yeah, that's how billionaires fight. That's right. That's a billionaire knockdown. Yeah, fight. Out fight. in that bridge that's after hours after construction, right? Yacht fight. Yacht Rich fight. guy yacht fight. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So this is actually really cool. So, are you just finishing this class this semester? Yeah, so I'm actually only taking this class since I was a ski instructor. And oddly enough, I didn't know I like I signed up for it in December. And I didn't know I signed up for it because I didn't get any confirmation email and stuff like that until oh. like <laughs> a surprise like, two days before the class started. And I didn't <laughs> check my email until the day the class started. So I missed the first day. Because oh, wow. I didn't know I was actually registered for it. But Oops, then like I saw the people in the class and that's what actually made me want to go follow through with it because like I knew like already like half the kids in there. So it's really cool. fun. Very, Very nice. nice. But I'm working for the AMC this summer. All right. Starting in May. Are they the ones that have the uh the yurts? Yeah. They... Oh, we just talked about that last week. No the, way. Uh... So like I kind yeah. of listen to it, but not They're all like way. nice yurts. They're uh, or cabins, whatever they call them, right? Yeah. So, how That's many cabins cool. do they actually have? I don't know, but I'll be. I'm going to be based right next to Mount Washington. I'm five minutes away from uh, Wildcat Mountain. Oh, nice. very cool. It's a place called Camp Doge, and uh, I actually have where is it? I is have that like the, Doge, like Dogecoin. Yeah, well, D-O, it's like Dodge, like the Dodge car brand, but they just pronounce it Doge. Oh, okay. I thought like I thought Elon Musk is using Dogecoin to buy friggin' camps now. No, yeah, right. that'd be crazy. <laughs> you only ha- you can only pay in Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, that Dogecoin. would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, That's so pretty I'm, sweet. Yeah. So I'm gonna be doing like trail maintenance. I actually have the outline pulled up right now of what I'm gonna be doing. I don't really wanna nice. uh say it all, but Basically, we're uh, <laughs> on July 5th. This is kind of like a cool thing. We're building a building a bog. We're building bog bridges on Webster Cliff Trail. Uh, what else? Pretty much, we're just doing all trail work. So, what I'm also going to be doing is getting chainsaw trains. So then, I can nice. get rid of uh, trees and in the, the way so people don't <laughs> have to go around the tree anymore. Nice. Very yeah. cool. So Pretty. last year you were doing Woodlock. So yeah. Doing, uh, the go-karts and uh-huh. paintball and shooting. And this summer you're doing trail maintenance nice. stuff. Yeah. Do you think they'll teach you how to juggle the chainsaws or no? Now, if they did, like maybe back in 1964, but <laughs> I don't think in the, this year. <laughs> the insurance. Too many lawyers. Too many yeah. damn lawyers. Too many lawyers. We had to cut that out of the curriculum. Are you uh are you planning on instructing again? I'm gonna be instructing year? on the week weekdays. I meant the weekends. Cool. Because that's that's actually when you get your most tip money, actually. So 
a fun fact course, i made yeah. like 500 plus dollars in tips this summer i meant nice. this winter nice. and all that tip allegedly money. if any don't tell the irs the, the irs is listening it's, all tell, tell it's, it's like 150 venmo and uh like 400 cash Nice. nice. Like, and now they're starting to track Venmo. It's what bullshit. you're supposed to do? You tell people it's a gift. It's not yeah. a tip. It's a gift, so it's not yeah. taxable. No, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so, like, my, what I'm using that money right now is for all my bar money. Nice. Yeah. So I literally come in with cat. I bring sixty dollars. I'm not going to spend it all, but I bring sixty just in case anything happens. That's but sweet. three twenty dollar bills, and like everyone else has like a credit card. So like by like what holds up the lineup bars is the credit card because they have to like print it out, sign, blah, blah. Yeah. But I just handed my twenty. They just pop open the bottle and then I didn't I'm good to go. Like, Popping bottles, crystal. Efficiency. Efficiency. Yeah. You're thinking about other people. See, you're an empathetic guy. It's a yeah, beautiful thing. Right. Do you have yeah. a uh, a favorite beer at the moment? I like I currently have this right here. I can't smash. Yeah, do you know it's from it's the same company as Fat Tire. Oh, nice. Oh, right, right. Yeah, um, so this is their seltzer. Belgium. Don't call Belgium, me soft, yeah. but this is like their uh, seltzer of their company. Cool. Yeah, nice. I heard that. Yeah, but th- what got me into it is, I don't know if you know the people in Southern California, uh, Chad and JT, those two podcasters that do stand-up. No. Pro- no. They proposed to have, they proposed to like the Orange County Council to have a Paul Walker statue. that's how they started their like that's how like it all started and then like they did stand up and then now they have their podcast but they're sponsored by fruit smash so nice i heard about them through them and then i realized it's like a it's the new belgium which which also owns fat tire so yeah yeah so i like i respect it like fat tire we gotta get it we gotta start we need a statue to somebody so we can get a yeah, we got a sponsor some kind of statue. Yeah. The Big we'll Lebowski figure. statue. Why Big isn't Lebowski. there a statue of him? <laughs> I'm sure there is somewhere. <laughs> All right, let's do let's uh let's finish up. Ben, also, dogs, why are they important? Oh yeah. I gotta sh- wait, I gotta get my dog right now. Right. Where's your dog, Mario? <laughs> oh, if I get him, he's gonna go eight. <laughs> oh, he he's actually behind me. He's sitting Uh-oh. on the Who's that there he is. Oh, there he is. He's sitting yeah. there. So I can't get him in the thing. This is Lily, a miniature golden doodle. And uh, she's 11 years old. She's living in my college apartment with me. But Aww. since I'm only taking one class, I'm able to take her on long walks. Yesterday, I took her for a like nine and a half mile walk. Oh, wow. I know. It's crazy. So like, it's I'm kind of like training for the summer, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, so like I also took her to the White Mountains as well. Since oddly enough, before I was working at Gunstock, I got the Sunday River Loon Sugarloaf Pass. And I got my pass at Loon that day, but brought my dog and tuned my skis at Lahoots. If you don't know, Lahoots is the oldest operating ski shop in the in the United States. Oh wow. Yeah, and where's that at? Lahoots, Lincoln, New Hampshire. Lincoln, okay. And uh, then I took my dog for a hike in the snow. Awesome. And then the next, I literally went back up there the next day to get my skis to go skiing at Sunday River. The like, nice. and like, I don't know what day it was, but soon after that. 
but then that's after that I applied to be a ski instructor at Gunstock. So I only got to go there once, unfortunately. But oh, geez, very yeah. nice. And then Mario's got his dog Stormy up uh-huh. there. He's uh-huh. a sheepadoodle. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> his hair finally grew back. He was bald for a little while. He's getting ready for the summer. He's got a little uh, trim. He's got it. Yeah, he'll get a little trip. I think we're gonna leave his hair about this. The thing is, I think it was his puppy coat was going out and his adult coat was coming in, so he was uh matted. So he's better now. He's he's not matted at all now. Nice. Excellent. He's a little pampered poodle. All right, Ben, any final thoughts? <laughs> um not really. It's just oh I gotta show you my pond skin outfit. Oh yeah, how was the pond skin? This it was week? awesome. Unfortunately, there's like no video of me doing it because oh. I know it. So like, if I I didn't, I tried, but it's <laughs> like they didn't know I was coming down. But I'll sh- show you my. Let's see it. Let's see it. Sweet. We got. Why would? It, why don't we do pond skimming every year? Why don't? There's a lot of things we don't do that we should be doing. So, I should be skiing more every year. What the hell? That's right. well, wait, here it is. So it's just Moosey onesie. Nice. <laughs> I wore that. Nice. That's pretty and sweet. I got it at a Kittery Trading Post. I don't think you know that is, but it's a mom and pop REI Bass Pro. Oh, nice. It has like guns and stuff. But nice. um, but the, I made it across too, which was cool. All I had it, I tucked, you know, like how you tuck. Yeah. So like, yeah. I also taught my my students that and they called it the baby. The baby. <laughs> they call it the tuck the baby. And like it's so cool because there's parts of the mountain that are flat for a for like 50 feet. Mm-hmm. And like I start getting in my I call I'm just gonna say I start getting my baby and then they all imitate me and start doing that. So then they don't have to walk across the flat part. That's awesome. Oh, that's that cool. was my that was my like favorite like little trick I taught my kids, but that's nice. awesome. Yeah. That's all right, Ben. Fun. I also wore the. I'm sorry. This is my last thing. I wore that. No, to the no. Bar. Bring it on. I wore. I wore that to the bar with my ski goggles <laughs> on. Nice. And like, I got so much attention for that. All these <laughs> girls were asking me if I was on the ski team and stuff like that. I'm like, no. You're I'm like just a ski instructor. You're like, unstuck. You're like, yup. You know, Beijing yep. was crazy for the Olympics. Yeah, but, you know, keep it yeah. real. I was just off the podium. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but it was super fun. But that's all I got. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thank well, you guys for having me. Uh, my friends are all like, I I told you my friends all about this podcast and stuff like that. So oh, they're going to be you. looking forward to it as well. We appreciate Thanks, it. Man. So where do you want, uh, if anyone wants to check out, find more information about you, you want to send them to your Instagram, Facebook, what do you, what do you got? Uh, Instagram, Ben underscore, 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 R-U-H-O. All right. There you go. We'll put it in the show notes if you want yeah. to link and, and check out what and Ben's if, up to. Yeah, if you ever come to New Hampshire, check out Gunstock. I heard Mario, you were trying to get to New Hampshire this winter, but <laughs> I've been in New Hampshire a lot. Just didn't have a chance to go skiing. I was watching hockey. You got it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I got to cool. get there this next. We will year, make I'm it up there. We, we will make it up there. I guarantee you. Come to Gunstock next year. Definitely. Yeah. That's going to be on the list. Gunstock. Late late January. Like January is the time? Yeah. That's like right. the like first big snow is like late January. All right. Be good yeah. to plan that. We'll make it happen and we'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ben. Thank you so much. Good luck it. with your uh your your final in the class. And uh-huh. uh 
Anything else we can do? Let us know. Look at AMC. You're gonna have to. We're gonna have to keep touch and find out some info about you. Careful with the chainsaws. I could do a. I could do a follow up pod if you want me to. Let's do it after the summer. Yeah, Yeah. like October because I'm there till October. But perfect. Maybe you could do an on podcast chainsaw demonstration. Like that would be all. I could like saw. Like saw apart like your door or something, or you're gonna just have a log like, or something. You're gonna have Instagram gold with the chainsaw yeah. training. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Make that sure, people make would sure watch. you're filming. Oh yeah, <laughs> cool. All right, well, thanks, thanks so much. Good luck. Right, take care. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we'll have all the information and links to where you can find Ben at skiboundpodcast.com. We're gonna take a very very quick journey. Under the ropes. Boom. One story. We're just coming in now. I'm not going to spend too much time here. We're just dipping in real quick. Mario, you want to take this one? Yes, we talked last week about Mike Tyson and his ear-shaped weed edible gummies. Super psyched uh, for him. Yeah, we were. I think somebody must have been listening to our podcast in the government because they're banned in the state of Colorado over fears kids could get hooked on marijuana from them. So, um, like we said, you know, the edibles are shaped like an ear as a homage to Iron Mike's infamous 1997 chomp on Evander Holyfield's ear during a, a boxing match. Um, and he actually bit off a piece of his ear and spit it out. It was pretty awesome. I remember watching that live. Um, it's pretty messed up. Pretty messed up. And <laughs> I, I think that they stopped the fight at that point, or did they keep fighting? I think they, I think they, they did stop because Holyfield was like he was in pain. He was, you he was know, bleeding. He bit yeah. chomp of chomped a bit of his ear off. He's like, what the hell did you just do? <clears throat> yeah. So uh, it is pretty appropriate that if it's him, you know the ear is a an interesting shape <laughs> um and i mean ears do look delicious they do um i'm surprised but, more having people people don't walk up people just start biting their ears biting their ear and you i think know? holyfield i think he he reached out to him and he's he thinks it's a joke too it's he's fine with it but colorado decided hey you know this is it's shaped like an ear kids might think it's funny to eat and so they're banning it so um Colorado, man. You know, I've seen gummies that look just like a regular, just round circle, and they still do look like candy. So, what do you, what do you mean? Like, it all looks like candy, you know? I mean, Tide Pods look like candy. Yeah, it all does. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, at what point do you go, you know, if your kids take it, you're a bad parent. Pay more attention to them. Don't leave your your weed edibles that look like ears sitting around. Lock your weed up in somewhere they can't get. That's just like your chemicals in the house. Lock those up. Lock your guns up. Lock yeah, you, your anything you have around. You need to ban Clorox because you can just drink it and die. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's on, ban man. Clorox. Let's ban. Um, it looks like water. Shampoo. It's clear. It looks like yeah. water, right? Exactly. Yeah. Looks delicious. Of course, I'm going to drink some. Yeah, a bunch of hippies. <clears throat> yeah. Ridiculous. Mike. Crazy. We're going to get some of your your ears. Yeah. Well, worry. they're not banned in, in our state, so that's, that's good. That's true. Colorado. More, more for everyone else. More That's for right. everyone else. That's right. Disappointed in you, Colorado. Yeah. You do better. I got to go online and see where we could buy these. I'm hoping my uh, my sister-in-law can get me some while she's still in California for the next few weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think the closest town to her is uh, a few miles away. Let's see. Huh. Cool. I wonder if I can buy them on the dark web. 
<laughs> your Monero to get some uh, weed gummies, right? That's right. Got Monero. Well, according to the government, uh, you know, the people in government right now, they believe cryptocurrencies only use is for, you know, illegal purposes. So we might as well buy shadowy super coders are using it. Yeah. Might as well buy uh, some weed gummies that shaped like yours from Mike Tyson. This is true. Fulfill the so prophecy. Stupid. Make it happen. So stupid. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the old podcast of the week. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. SkiBumpPodcast.com. Socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at SkiBumpPodcast. And an email, SkiBumpPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Teresia. Go to their site, Teresia.com. Use the code TeresiaBum, 15% off. ParadiseSkis.com. Use the code SkiBum15, 15% off. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluent. See ya.